Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to I'll Be Right Back. I am your host, Tony Beltran, and alongside me is the king of Gig Harbor himself, Mr. Matthew Gash. Yeah, it was a, it was a long journey to get that throne um, <laughs> along the way. Josh Lucas, the actor, I beat him out. Well uh, done. Yeah, Dave Cruzen, who's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, with Pearl Jam. Impressive. Uh, he's, and then this weekend, uh, I have went all the way down to Orlando to Best Tally Hall to get the crown of King of Gig Harbor. Wow. So all of you other suckers can <laughs> so bow. So this, this is a good uh, bar. This is the yeah. pedigree of the individual that we're going to have yeah. on this show. So, you know, we start here. It's only down from here, really. But yeah, it's all going to be a bit beige, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Like I said, uh, of course, I'm Tony Beltran. I play right back for Real Salt Lake. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably know that. But if you didn't, uh, we're here in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the idea of this show is that I myself, while I recover from a long-term injury, am going to have this little podcast as another creative outlet, and the idea is to have personalities within the organization, from the team, you know, from the staff, from the back staff on this show, so we can kind of get to know the individuals that make this club, but outside of soccer. So while we, you know, we, we will maybe talk to soc- talk soccer a little bit or allude to it somewhat it's not really going to be focused on what game's coming up this weekend or how we played last weekend it's just going to be get to know individuals that care about this club and make this club tick so if you're looking for s- tactical semantics yes this is not the place for you no yeah maybe head over to uh my neighbor brian dunseth yeah and uh and just hit him up on twitter he'll talk to exactly, you exactly yeah he'll <laughs> that he will for sure so, like I said, why am I sitting in front of this microphone? Uh, last October, real quick to talk about soccer, even though I just said I wouldn't. In the second to last game this of the is season. More life than soccer, <laughs> yeah, though, really. Very true, very true. Second to last game of the season, um, you know, went into collision and ended up damaging, seriously damaging three major ligaments in my knee and a bone break as well. So, facing a 10 month to a year rehab. It's, you know, it's there's a lot it's a long journey in there and a lot of things have happened. And while I'm on almost to the middle, about the middle point of this journey and, and, you know, kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, this idea for this show came about just as a creative outlet for myself to kind of fulfill that itch since I'm not on the field and getting that every day. So, of course, I am not a professional podcaster by any, you know, stretch of the imagination. So please, you, you know, if I mess up on the field, you can feel free to yell at me all you want on Twitter. But while I'm learning how to do this, please, you know, constructive criticism and, you know, let's just try to evolve and do this organically and have fun because uh, I think I want to make this something, I want to make good content, of course, but I want to make this something that the fans enjoy, that the community enjoys, but it might take a little bit of of good old fashioned hard work to get there. So it'll be fun. And Matthew, thank you for... uh, for coming on the journey with me. Absolutely. This is, uh, as we've, we've mentioned, I think there's so many people in the organization that want to be involved in this because it's something we really believe in. Um, and so no pressure, Tony. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Just the, thanks, everybody buddy, right? in the organization is, uh, Just over here involved. sweating. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> no. So, uh, okay. So let's get right into it. Structure the show. So I think what we're going to do, like I said, Matt will be a staple, but we also might have 
a revolving chair with people coming on from within the organization. And the idea will be I'll bring a topic to the table. The guests will bring a topic, both of them non-soccer related, you know, maybe loosely, whatever, and uh, we'll discuss it. So to start off, my first topic for, for the inaugural show is going to be something else, like a little another side project within this side project, and that is the book club, the RSL book club that I am spearheading mm-hmm. and that I'm really, really excited about. It's kind of something that I've been doing within the locker room for, you know, a couple of years. Not seriously. It's not like we get together every Monday and, you know, have <laughs> a book report and, yeah, put us in a circle and discuss the book we just read. But guys in the team know that I'm an avid reader. And so they kind of uh, slowly have started asking me for recommendations yeah. over the year. And uh, They go to you for books. They go to me for what kind of gifts should they get their parents. <laughs> Do they really? I've, I've, I've had some conversations with people where I've, I've they're like, you sound a lot like my dad in your interests. <laughs> what would my dad want for his birthday, so Matt? What yeah. would my dad want for his birthday? So that's become my kind of staple. Some of the questions I get but from these young guns is that it's adorable, really. Like yeah. some of the conversations I have with Justin Glad are just just priceless. I, I mean, I love the kid to death, but it it kind of takes you know. I was that kid once, yeah. and I was asking Nat Borchers the same thing. So yeah. it's. It's it's fun to be on that side of but it. But it makes you feel really old when you oh. find out that they don't know what Y2K was. Oh my gosh, right? That is like, like that's <laughs> Or that they were born after the year 2000. Like some of these kids yeah. are now born what oh after the turn of century? That's I was that's talking insane. to um, one of our academy goalkeepers who's worked out with us quite a bit, Josh Jackson. And um, he was kind of laughing that uh, Nick Romano's playing career started before he was born. That is wild. I mean, <laughs> and they were working out in preseason. Together. Nick's playing career almost started before I was born. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nick has been, is he like the, he's the longest tenure in the league currently playing for sure. Without a doubt. I believe that's right. Yeah. yeah. And we, I'm sorry. We're okay. We're not supposed to talk soccer, <laughs> but Nick's just, career is yes. that, you know, is that crazy. So, so anyways, back to the book club. Um, so, <laughs> So the idea of this, I think, there's seven months left in the regular season, so we'll do seven books. You know, I think that'll be a good pace, a manageable pace for people yep. who, you know, don't have 10 hours a day to go home and read a book. It'd be fun if we did a book every week, but then I think, uh, you know. In preseason, we'll in, do a book every exact, week. Exactly. There we go. In preseason, <laughs> yeah, we'll do a book every week. We'll, yeah, we'll do some goosebump books, so yeah. it'll be easy for, for Justin and Jordan. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. I love you. No. <laughs> but, uh, but seriously, we might but, do a book goosebumps. <laughs> So um, we're going to put the full list up on Twitter once we get the Twitter handle sorted out and all that stuff. So you can expect it there. And um, just so you know, the first book is going to be a book. uh, These are all going to be books that I have never read myself, but that have been recommended to me that are kind of on my to read list so that I'm organically going through this experience together so we can all talk about it from the same standpoint. And the first book that I decided on is going to be uh, Isaac Isimov. So I hope I pronounced that right. iRobot. Okay. So some people might, you know, frown at this. Oh, I robot the movie with Will Smith. I saw that. I don't have to read this book. Yeah. So actually, that's not true. So at the last minute, that movie, which was, which I was not a fan of, mm-hmm. you know, we can talk about it later, but terrible movie. Um, got the the licensing rights for that for that book, and I'm sure they did it. They threw a bunch of money at his mm-hmm. family. I'm sure just so they could get that audience that it was already built right. in. But there is absolutely no relation from the movie to the book other than the title. So if you've seen the movie, you know, I still recommend reading the book. And again, to go further, the reason why I'm choosing this book for the first one is because my teammate, Jordan Allen, who I want to have on the show soon, is a big, he's really big into right now some uh, 
some kind of like science podcasts and kind of futurisms and like, you know, okay. talking about like uh, the development of AI and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this book is, is structured around a future in which, you know, robots are assimilated into our culture and how I think it's three basic laws in their coding that makes it impossible for them to hurt a human. And okay. so it puts all these, I think it's a, from what I understand, it's, it's a few different stories and it puts, it kind of tests that base coding Okay. And, you know, to see if it works in reality in the future, you know, or if they're going to take over and, you know, mm-hmm. eventually kill us all and whatnot. So this is something that Jordan and I talk about, when, you know, when we're doing rehab in the morning before anybody is there. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it'd be fun because I've been telling him we should both read this book um, to start off there so okay. that, you know, we can we can talk about that in a future episode. So book, book club. Hope you're excited about that. It'll be fun. If that's not your thing, I'm sorry. We're also going to talk movies and everything else. But. Anyways, so um, speaking of that, Matt, what's uh, what's your favorite book? What what kind of books would you well, recommend? My, for actually, us? my favorite book I brought, and it's going to be kind of featured later on down the line. Ishmael's my favorite book. Daniel Quinn. Um, that's not that's not a call me Ishmael. No. Moby Dick, right? No, it's um, it, I, I can kind of read the back just to give you an idea. That it starts with um, a want ad in a newspaper, hmm. and the, the ad says, "Teacher seeks pupil." Must have an earnest desire to save the world. Apply in person. <laughs> I like that. So a guy, the kind of narrator of the story, um, goes to uh, meet the teacher. Sure. And finds it's a gorilla. <laughs> and that's the kind of, you have to kind of suspend belief a little bit on that part. Okay. But I think um, it's kind of a... Uh, uh, it's like philosophical. Kind yes, of? it's it, the kind of the the way I describe it to people is it it kind of keys on the notion that the world has been around on this giant timeline. Okay. And within that timeline, you know, people have been here for this tiny little sure. stretch, and on this real tiny sliver of that stretch, we've managed to destroy ecosystems and destroy. Yeah, that's pretty Earth. true. And we could see that every winter. Yeah. Here. And it's, it's kind of, um, but anyhow, the story uh, about this book, this is my, I believe, ninth copy of the book that I have here. Wow. Um, and I bought it for myself and I read it. And um, I, th- I want to say the first person that I gave it to was, I was explaining this book, Servando Carrasco and I mm. actually traded books quite a bit. And uh, I gave him my copy. And so then I went and bought a new copy for myself and had it on my bookshelf, whatever. And someone else came along and I gave him my copy. Kind of paying it forward with books. Yeah. Do you do that a lot or just with I this I don't, books? but it's this one um, and, and Servando and I actually traded books that way. Um, he gave me um, Aleph by Paulo Coelho. Okay. Yeah. Um, who's the same guy that wrote. Um, he's written a lot of books. But the one that everybody reads is... Paulo Coelho. So is that the, uh, um, yeah, the, about the shepherd? Um, yeah. Yeah, it starts off, I know what we were talking about. Yeah. Gosh, uh, it starts off with a great story about narcissism. The Alchemist. Little, the Alchemist, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, actually, to be honest, my favorite part of that book is the short story in the beginning. I haven't read it. Oh, you haven't? Yeah, I need to, okay. I need to get on that. I, we'll, I'm we'll tack it on to the, to the book yeah. club. That can be number eight, yeah. And he gave me, and he gave me, told me another one, and I ended up finding it at, at Powell's Books in Portland, which oh, yeah. is like a What a story. Yeah, that book is awesome. Um called uh, the way of the peaceful warrior which okay. is a really good one okay um, but it's all kind of i i uh it's all kind of steers back to like kind of buddhist 
train of thought sure. kind of stuff. But it was anyhow. There's a lot of really cool kind of um, ideas in this book and stuff that I really like that really kind of spoke to me, especially at the time that I think I read it for the first time. I think when was, was that? When was that time? But right before I had kids. Okay. I think, and so it was um, major turning point. Ma- in your yeah, life. and you, you really start to think about you know. Sure. Wanting to make the world a better place for your kids, and 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 I didn't know what the book was about when yeah. I read it. And yeah, really leaving the world in a better place yeah. for your kids. Yeah, and that's so a very it good really point. kind of spoke to me that way. And um, are you going to be okay with purchasing a tenth copy? I I'm absolutely. Gonna, I'm going to definitely be. ask to yeah. borrow this one from you. Absolutely, you can take it. <laughs> I will return it though because yeah. I I I have a hard time sometimes to be yeah. honest with like lending. It depends on the book. Like yeah. sometimes if I want to recommend a book to somebody, I'll actually go to like a secondhand bookstore and buy another yes. copy yeah. and give it to them because I, of course you want to share that, you know, something you care yeah. about with them, but it's just, it's just tough for me because sometimes some people, you know, don't, you know, yeah. there's a lot going on in right, the world. Right, I understand right. that, but I want that copy back yeah. for sure. Like John Sturzer, if you're listening, you saw my, <laughs> my copy of the magicians. Can you please yeah. uh, send that back? No. <laughs> and, and while we're at it, Chad Marshall, Seven Psychopaths, the, doc, the DVD. I'm really missing that on my, my DVD stuff. So. so how old were you when you when you read this? Right uh, before you had kids. Mid-20s. Mid-20s. Early, early mid-20s, yeah. Did you read a lot of philosophical novels at I that didn't. time in your life? Like I didn't, that? which is which kind of, um, kind of almost made it that more, more impactful to me. Yeah. That it was... Um, you know, you read books for entertainment and sure. for an escape or whatever. And that's what it's kind of coming back to a word that I used last week. It's challenging. Hmm. It really makes you think about, um, how you, how you live your life probably is too heavy handed, but how you view a lot of things and how, like why you think about things the way you do. Sure. Um, and I think it's, um, um, it's so, I don't know. It's it gives such a different perspective, and there's so many moments in it where you you're on this kind of linear path, and then it just breaks so hard from mm-hmm. that path, and it has this such a, like a, an aha moment mm-hmm. that you know where you just find yourself kind of gasping while you're reading of like, wow, I did not think of that. I didn't think of things that way, and to have that presented by an ape, you know? <laughs> so yeah. Right. Because, um, as you're going through, it's the student and the pupil sure. kind of, um, talking through topics mm-hmm. and, um, question and answer format, you know, and, okay. and you, you kind of find yourself following this linear path of, well, yeah, that's, this is how things work in society and this is how I'm used to things. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you just, and it hits you and you're like, what? like you have to stop and read it again because like it, it, it's so, I don't know, impactful and, and you've got to think so much differently. and hmm. Kind uh, of changes the way you think yeah. about minute stuff, like yeah. mundane details. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Like one of the ones, I, I want to say it was in this book. I hope it was in this book because I'll feel really dumb. Well, don't give too much away because remember I'm going to read this. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's just the concept of like a homeless man walking across the street, mm-hmm. right? it feels painfully slow sometimes, right? Sure. Yeah, I can see that. That's imper- on purpose. So you you have to take in the fact that this person The sense there. of the weight yeah. of the situation. Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of just one of the kind of many kind of concepts where you, you just think about it like as, as you, 
if if it's just someone walking across the street, you don't notice. Sure. But if it's someone walking at a different pace or wearing different clothes or something like that or whatever, then it, then you ha- you almost have to think about it. Hmm. So anyhow, that's Ishmael, and uh, it's Daniel Quinn is the author. He's written a, uh, quite a few books that kind of fit in the same mold, and it and it's really cool because this one, Ishmael, is from the perspective of. Um, you know, someone essentially my age who's, mm-hmm. you know, thinks about life a certain way and has a certain amount of background. Um, the second book is called My Ishmael, which is uh, written from the perspective of like a 10-year-old girl hmm. who has a completely different perspective on life and a completely different um, way of receiving the information from this teacher. So. Absolutely. I can, uh, yeah, I can, um, that's really exciting to me to kind of, kind of hear that. Um, mm-hmm. because I was just thinking when you were saying like, a, you know, it's written by somebody who's kind of in my situation in life. I was thinking, well, I wonder if, you know, considering where the world's at, yeah. if, you know, th- through the eyes of a child or how they interact with people or, you know, if a child would notice that person, if they weren't walking across the street differently, you know, just because they have that more, um, that what we're looking for, like not gentle nature, but more pure nature. Yeah. Um, they're not tarnished and tainted yeah. by like, you know, by life and all that stuff. So that's really interesting. Is there a third book as well? Or is there's it... a few different ones. There's one called this. I, and I own this book, but I haven't read it yet called the story of B. Okay. Um, there's another one I think called civilization. Oh, so it's not a trilogy. So it's just, no, uh, it's just kind of a series and they're all, um, uh, kind of have, the first two at least have have the same theme and the other ones kind of are under the same umbrella of kind of challenging the way you think about things okay look at things all right i'm excited about this book my dad was a philosophy major and um so i'm interested to see if he's read this book i'm sure he i'm sure he knows who daniel quinn is um to be honest i had not heard of him before but i'm sure he's read thousands of more books than me so And, and to kind of um really kind of make this the super Kind of introspective thing that it became. Um, uh, after reading it, I I heard that um, this is a book that Eddie Vedder read before <laughs> they wrote Yield, the no record way. Yield, and um, the Pearl Jam. 1998. Are you a Pearl Jam fan? I didn't. Yeah, know. I, didn't, yeah, really I, you, I wasn't sure. Here. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, and should watch the documentary. Let's play too. Uh, <laughs> I've seen it. My, my buddy's a big Pearl Jam fan. Great band, yeah. Um, but anyhow, when you if you read the book, if you like the band and you read the book, it almost gives you a different perspective on the way that album was written because so many of the songs follow similar types of um, thought patterns, I guess. And and um, there's a lot of reference to not necessarily references to things in the book, but thought like um, thought systems, I guess, of the book. Okay. So it's, uh, I don't know. To me, it was so, uh, it just felt like this is the right This book. is, Cause that's yeah, my it's favorite. really hit home. That's, that's my yeah. favorite album of theirs too. And so it's, <laughs> anyhow. Okay, so there you have it. Matt Gash's favorite book, path. Ishmael by Daniel Quinn. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm really excited to read that. Yeah to talk more about that with you with the audience and and to be honest uh especially with my dad i'm sure he's read it and uh he's he's very 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 much into a philosophy so um so yeah all right so wrap that up the book club this will probably be ishmael uh, i think we'll do second um we'll start off with something a little bit lighter yeah um and uh, like i said again i want i really want to have that conversation with jordan allen i'm excited about for him and i read this book so 
We'll do uh, Eisenhoff's iRobot first, and then we'll follow with Ishmael by Daniel Quinn. And we're going to put up the entire list. I think we're going to do seven or eight books before the end of the season. It'll be on Twitter as soon as, you know, we got a whole team of people working mm. on that and building all that. So uh, <laughs> so that'll be out shortly. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's segue, Matt. What yeah. um, what topic uh, did you bring to well, the I table think, today? Uh, I, I, as, as long as we're talking about books, I think this is a fitting topic, but I think... As we look at um, the way uh, we consume media now, sure. um, the the topic is uh, is about the written word and and kind of the you know the the perception I guess that it's dying. Um, okay, and that kind of comes on the heels of of Salt Lake Tribune announcing, or at least the, there's the reports that there will be layoffs at the Salt Lake Tribune. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've they've had the paywall go up recently. That's and, right, a few months ago, right? And uh, we've seen that as kind of a trend within uh, the newspaper industry. Um, I come from a newspaper background. Um, I actually wrote for the Seattle. Actually, years and years ago, before I became such a scholarly individual, <laughs> I, I wrote for the Salt Lake Tribune um, I while I was that. in college wow. as a freelance writer, covering everything: high school, sports, to uh, actually, a lot of stuff at Westminster College where I okay. find my tri- wife went there. Yeah, um, what's their mascot? It's the Griffin. The Griff- Go Griffins. Yeah, there go we Griffins. Go. Okay. Uh, um, wrote a lot of their, that stuff. Uh, covered fencing. Covered a <laughs> no a way youth volleyball tournament. All right, I, I know covered, what I'm doing after uh, yeah. after the show. I'm doing a deep dive into the internet and looking <laughs> up some old Matt yeah, Gash Tribune articles. Tribune. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, I wrote at the Seattle PI. Um, that was my first real kind of set newspaper beat. Okay. Was, uh, writing for the Seattle PI covering uh, junior hockey, which wow. I realized at my first game I'd never covered a hockey game before. <laughs> <laughs> so of all the things, and I'd been to some hockey games, and I think I had in my head that maybe I'd written some features on hockey players or something. And they asked me, like, hey, can you cover hockey? And I'm like, yup. And then I got to my first game, and I was like, nope. <laughs> so I had to did some really quick internet reading on how to cover, like just read some game reports to figure no out what those look like. Um, did awesome. that, and I covered the Seattle Sounders back when they were in the USL. That's right. Okay. Um, and for those who don't know, Matt uh, overheads our whole kind of um, anything written about Real Salt Lake and pushed out here. He's the head of that department. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I'm really interested to hear your your thoughts about this because, like you said, um, is it. Uh, it's Mr. Huntsman who owns the yes. Tribune, right? Paul yes. Huntsman. Um, and that was a recent purchase for them. Uh, that's right. They, they were under a different ownership up until last year, I think, right around this time. Okay. And I I understand, I read the article this morning that he's also poured a considerable amount of his old money, mm-hmm. his own money, excuse me, to keep the newspaper, mm-hmm. you know, above the red line for a while. Yeah. And, uh, and he announced today or yesterday, I think yeah. it was, that they're going to have to make some staff cuts. And so obviously the landscape of you know the written word has tra- changed mm-hmm. tremendously and so i think uh you know nobody knows this better than you but to start off how does that fit in our medium um in the soccer world have you seen that change over the past you know five ten years as Absolutely. everything becomes just more like minimalized and yep. just blips and whatnot and people's attention spans have you know go down and down and down yeah absolutely i think um you know, even and and I know people will get sick to death of me talking about Seattle and life in <laughs> the Pacific Northwest and whatnot. But when the Sounders started in two thousand nine, 
they had beat writers from three major newspapers, from the Seattle Times, the Tacoma News Tribune, and the Seattle PI. Okay. Um, Seattle PI went under within the first few months of that organization. And that was a big, in Seattle, that was a big moment. Not the Sounders losing a beat writer, but... The seminal the, moment in the, the industry. Newspaper. That yeah. was... I still have the, the final edition of wow. that newspaper. Um, the, the Globe, the PI Globe, was kind of an iconic um, landmark in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just kind of a big... Big things are coming. Things are changing. Uh, we've seen it here within the uh, newspaper war, if it is that, between the Salt Lake Tribune and Deseret News. Um, for the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The longest time Salt Lake Tribune didn't run on Sundays. Sure, yeah. Um, just because of the joint operating agreement with their uh, their printing press. Mm-hmm. Um, so... But the news has, Desert News has kind of extended an olive branch, right? To the yeah. Tribune at this yeah. point? Okay. And it's off topic, yeah. but I just wanted to clarify. Um, but I think more and more you're seeing people gravitate towards online reading, reading things on your phone. Yeah. Um, the physical newspaper is, is such a relic anymore. Um, you know, I, I don't have it delivered. I don't know mm-hmm. of anyone who does. Maybe Kyle, so he can get the crossword puzzle. Yeah, no, but, I actually I'm a subscriber, but only yeah. on the weekends, um, right. to be perfectly honest. But yeah, to go into that, you don't really see that anymore. Yeah. I see some of my, you know, I, I don't want to pinhole anybody, but some of my older neighbors, you know, yeah. consistently read the paper and right. people from generations past because that was, you know, that's kind of like a mm-hmm. timeless activity for, yeah. for, you know, what you did on the weekend, how you got your news and all that. Yeah. And now everything is so just immediate and, yeah. you know, at your fingertips and, and everything even is condensed into a headline. I yep. feel like rarely individuals, you know, go click the link and go mm-hmm. read a full article. At most, they read the opening paragraph mm-hmm. and then they move on because we're just, you know, kind of programmed to this point for our yep. attention spans to operate that way. But my big, I mean, I really, really hope, you know, the Tribune stays afloat yep. and just, you know, uh, to go beyond that, the written word and mm-hmm. the printed word uh, doesn't go away because. Yep. You know, even for just the nostalgic purpose, I, I just yeah. feel like the, those kind of pastimes and that, mm-hmm. you know, that that way of, of getting your news and just interacting with the community is important. You're talking to a guy who listens to vinyl records. And so, you, yeah, yeah, true. I'm, so I'm, I'm preaching the choir. Preaching the, yeah. Do you think that because of the nostalgia factor, like because this we kind of saw this happen with uh, the Kindle, you know, with the emergence yeah. of the Kindle with books uh, several years ago, it must be mm-hmm. a decade now. But I feel like books have kind of made a resurgence or they've mm-hmm. kind of found the market. There's actually 
a really cool company um, I should give a shout out to called Juniper Books. Everybody check out juniperbooks.com. My friend Thatcher Wine started. It's based out of Boulder, Colorado. And so they curate uh, custom book sets. Um, So which is which is really cool concept because so like say a book seven author, but um, the out the the bindings is Mm -hmm. kind of like a piece of art. So the way yeah. you look at the, you know, the yeah. set of books is a piece of art within itself. And so it's such a, such a cool idea. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, he's a really nice man who started it. He even made me uh, my own RSL set a few years ago, oh, wow. which is super cool. And they're yeah. all, he picked, uh, I think it was seven different books that are either written by Utah authors or, you know, take place in Utah. But mm. so from that aspect, do you think that's kind of the saving grace of the printed word in relation to, to newspapers, or is that a different animal? I hope so. Um, I think it's different. And I think the mm-hmm. my reasoning behind that is that we become, and here's one, another reason why the downfall of newspaper, physical newspaper, is, is such a detriment, is that it creates... Um, it creates echo chambers, mm-hmm. right? Because what do you read online? You click on the stuff you want to read. True. Sure. And the more you click on stuff you want to read, the more, the more that stuff gets pushed to you yeah. by algorithms. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Of course. That doesn't happen when you have the physical newspaper in front of you and you, and you, you read what, for better or worse, what that I see. So you're is. exposed to different viewpoints exactly. and like a broader sense yeah. of the world. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And so, um, I think from my perspective, what we've seen in the last few years of how to word it, at least in the political landscape Mm -hmm. of my way is right. You know? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Things on such far extremes and nobody's willing to hear the other viewpoint. Um, And so there's, there is no kind of current, correcting the path there's no progression it's just yeah okay so uh that i think is to me i think is the biggest um detriment of this whole thing beyond kind of the uh the heavy-handed old man telling you how lazy you are because you won't read (laughs) yeah get get off my lawn i'm trying to read my paper (laughs) um but yeah that's kind of one of the the to me at least one of the um sadder things i think and because i don't feel like people are w- less willing to read. Mm-hmm. I feel like people are reading, but they're, it seems at least, and maybe this is me oversimplifying again, but it seems that people are less willing to read things they don't agree with. I can see that, yeah. Um, and and because of that, yeah, it, it, it just feels like we're becoming less informed, um, even as we're exposed potentially to more and more information. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, it and, and maybe along with that, it becomes harder and harder to process that all that information because everything is so readily available. Sure. Um, I'd like to, I, you know, I, I would love it if newspapers <laughs> came back and, you know, <laughs> made a big resurgence, the, you know, get the ink on your hands from holding it, whatever. <laughs> and, um, but I, I, it's tough. It's tough to imagine that. Yeah, no, it really is because the, you know, just the reality of the situation is, yeah. like we said, people's intention spans are less and, mm-hmm. you know, the immediacy of the internet and yeah. everything right there. I mean, the internet has opened us, you know, so to so many cool things, mm-hmm. you know, people are creating in a, in a new way and people are connecting in a new way. There's, 
there's so many amazing things yeah. that have come out of that, but you know, it is, there is also this sad factor and sad reality yeah. uh, that um, other mediums are going to go extinct yeah. or they're going to have to hopefully, and I hope this is the case with the printed word. And, you know, of course with our, with our local papers is they're going to have to find a middle ground or a way to evolve. Right. I know the Tribune is trying to, you know, really make a hard push for their online content. Like yeah. you said, the paywall and stuff like that. But again, just the way everybody is consuming content and their news is just totally different than, I mean, than even a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't even, you know, 10 years ago when I started, when I started playing pro, I don't even think Twitter was a thing. When did, when did Twitter start? That's a great question, man. <laughs> Cause I feel like that is pretty much everybody's main yeah. news source at this point. I feel like it was 2007, but I might be wrong on that. Okay. So maybe right when I started, but, it, but even then it wasn't what it is. It wasn't yeah, of course it, it wasn't the now. giant. It was, it was, it was more for social interaction than sure. it was for what it is now, which is, I, I think at least it's so geared towards, um, geared towards like, I mean, I hate to say commercialism, but yeah commercialism yeah in a lot of ways oh six oh six oh six okay thanks ryan big shout out to ryan hale our producer on the podcast yeah (laughs) yeah so very interesting times you know of course we don't want to see anybody lose their jobs yeah you know and you know this hits close to home obviously because Mm -hmm. this is home and um you know to kind of bring this closure some of you know i love on the weekends this is used to be a game day ritual you know i'd open up i'd you know, get the Tribune on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And mm. on game day, I'd read, you know, the Friday edition in the morning and then the Saturday after that. Mm-hmm. And just kind of a way to, you know, exercise my brain before the yeah. game that night and just kind of, you know, relax and take a deep breath. Yeah. I wouldn't be doing that now because now I have a child. I'd be chasing all over the house mm-hmm. and I can't see myself sitting down reading a paper for <laughs> yeah. two hours. But, and again, a great way to connect with the community. My favorite section always in the Tribune is is local. You know, yeah. what's, you know, what's going on in, mm-hmm. in this place that I really care about, you know, and mm-hmm. everything just kind of hits home there. So, that yeah. That really ties into mm-hmm. something that we're, yeah, we were talking about getting into this, but maybe down the road is there, we're kind of citizens of Harriman. We are, and, yeah, no. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of things going on out there that, um, that I think if, if we, if newspapers were more prevalent, physical newspaper, and you mm-hmm. have to read the local section of a newspaper and be faced with what's going on. Sure. In you'd be right more now. connected with the you'd community be and you'd be more aware exactly. and, you know, more willing to help. Yeah. We're, you know, we're going to discuss that later, hopefully. But, uh, but yeah, I agree. So our hearts goes out to all those who lost their job. You never want to see yeah. that. Um, all right. Well, I think that's a good chance to, uh, transition. do another transition into a little bit of a lighter subject. Mm-hmm. So have you heard about this movie? It's kind of a, I think it's an indie. Um, it's uh, it's called Avengers Infinity War. Have you heard about it? You know, I have heard about <laughs> it. I've been to it. Um, I need to point out, it, Tyler Gibbons, who... Oh, God, what did Tyler do now? Bless that boy. <laughs> but if the best thing that kid has done is he's provided me endless hours of entertainment because... He just has trouble pronouncing things a lot no of times. No way. Does he pronounce infinity wrong or what is it? Well, <laughs> take for example our Jersey Front sponsor. Sure. Which is? Life Advantage. No. Life Advantage. Is it really? That's what he says. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> what? Am I saying it wrong? <laughs> no. Okay. But that's the thing is he makes you question yeah. a lot of things. Um, there's our, He's our, like your one gorilla. Of our, <laughs> one of our Spanish language TV partners uh, you know division. Sure. Oh my gosh, division. Yeah. <laughs> you know division. Yeah. Which is great. Um, and I and I say all these things uh, not to uh, criticize or ridicule poor young Mr. Just... Givens, um, but more to uh, 
it, it's all in good fun. He's uh, he's in good. He's a great lad. Stuff. He is, yeah. And uh, but he he knows he struggles with pronunciations. So that's hilarious. I had le- no idea, but I can't wait to talk so to him about it. So last week we're getting ready for uh, things in Orlando. Um, the day before the game, and he's like, "I think I'm going to go to a movie night." I'm like, "Cool. What do you want to see?" Xfinity War. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of cable battle. Yeah, you know? it's absolutely <laughs> about you know Comcast and sure, it's too and, much uh, ping on the internet coming TV through and, and yeah, yeah just... <laughs> all of that. You know, I mean, it's it's I I struggled to see how that's going to be intriguing for two and a half yeah, hours, but, but I'm excited. Yeah, let's go. You for know what? It. To be honest, I'd watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so, okay, so yeah, let's talk Infinity, Infinity War. War. If you have not seen Infinity War yet, uh, you know this is your spoiler territory. Yeah. There will be spoilers. So please, you know, maybe tune out here um, and go see that movie and then pick right back up because, yes. you know, this is going to be some in-depth stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay, so let me start off by saying I was pretty jaded with the Marvel Cinematic Universe before mm-hmm. I saw this movie. I think probably the last two or three years I've really checked out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up reading comic books. I love comic mm-hmm. books. I was really excited with all the, when you know, when all these movies come started coming out and yeah. whatnot. But it did. There was a little bit of an oversaturation point, you Absolutely know, when you're getting, true, yeah. especially when the the quality dropped off a little bit with the Iron Man threes and the Thor twos and yeah. whatnot. But to be to be fair, to be completely fair, there has been a resurgence in yes. the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they have done a phenomenal job. There are some very, I think, the coolest aspect about all this is people that grew up loving these comic books mm-hmm. are now old enough and in positions where they're making the decisions on these movies, yeah. and they're making these movies, and they're making the right movies yeah. and the right decisions. And you see that with you know a situation like this where 19 movies come to a head. You know, at yeah. this point in Infinity War, and it was so cool. Yeah. So I, I love this movie. I was a big fan. Yeah. Um, and I like one of the things that I've really liked is you had all these individual stories that, as you know, when um, Thor came out, it was sure. like Thor is a cool movie. Cool, yeah. Iron Man is a cool awesome movie. movie. Yeah. Hulk. Okay, maybe yeah. we maybe we missed one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, but you go through all these movies, and and you have. The original Iron Man was awesome. So, so good. good. And then, uh, but then, you know, even Guardians of the Galaxy, that comes out. Yeah, it's like nobody saw that feel, coming. So much fun. They all feel like they could be so unrelated. Exactly, yes. And, and then they all come together in these Avengers movies. And it's all managed so well. Yeah. I could not believe. I mean, it's a lot of movies coming together, yeah. but I feel like even more characters coming together. And yeah. the way they positioned the personalities you know, the way they paired up, like, I love the pairing of uh, Tony Stark yeah. and Doctor Strange, just yeah. the two dominant personalities talking, you know, playing yeah. back and forth off each other. It was perfect. Thor with the Guardians. You yeah. Know, oh, my. It was so, so, so much fun. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest surprise of this movie, to me, to be honest, is Thanos. Yes. Um, I did not realize, Thanos, I think, is probably my favorite villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember the guy's name from Civil War, but I who was the villain there. But I really liked mm-hmm. his kind of motive for everything, and also in Spider-Man: Homecoming, Michael Keaton. Yeah, I mean Michael Keaton. Yeah. You know, he's Batman. Um, you know, yeah, which is great. Which is yeah, a, 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 light, a nice little jab from the Marvel folks. Yeah, exactly. At DC, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we got Batman. We'll take your here. Batman. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Thanos really exceeded my expectations yeah. as a villain. Um, I found myself empathizing with him like halfway through the movie which i did not expect whatsoever and um you know you kind of obviously his motive and you know what he's doing is horrible 
But you can kind of see where he's right. coming from and the way they present it. He's like, not all about death and destruction. Yeah, exactly. He's trying to <clears throat> save the universe. Yeah, he's not just an anarchist right. or, you know, just killing people to kill people. He's really, you know, he has like a kind of a noble goal in mind yeah. and a reason behind all this. And he's, you know, willing to make these huge sacrifices like killing his daughter, which was a, t- yeah. you know, tremendously powerful scene and, mm-hmm. you know, a horrible act, obviously. Yeah. But, but, uh, really hit home in a way I wasn't expecting. So, yeah. Uh, Thanos, very cool villain. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. My only, my only criticism for the movie maybe is there. I don't know. I love Captain America. Uh-huh. I'm a big Captain America fan just because he's like you know he's, he's I don't know he's such a leader. Yeah. And he's kind of uh, you know doesn't have the same level of powers that everybody else, but he just yeah. you know. I don't know. I've been I've been working out a lot since I've been rehabbing and doing a lot of upper body. Big shout out to Ryan Cotter. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening. this, yeah. But um, so, you know, he looks like he can do a tremendous amount of push ups. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> but, Captain America. Captain America. Yeah. I mean, the scene, yeah. in, the scene in Civil War where he like curls that helicopter as yeah. going away. That's cemented. All right. This guy's like top notch in my mind. Yeah. So my only complaint, he really wasn't at the forefront of the yeah. plot. He had some cool scenes, but I'm sure him and Tony Stark's kind of, uh, um, you know, the civil war. There's civil war. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Is going to come to fruition in the second movie. Uh-huh. Um, and that's a minor complaint. I had so yeah. much fun watching this movie, man. Yeah. So much fun. It was, it was fun and it was, it was fun, entertaining. Uh, I mean, you, you hate to kind of overstate this maybe, but. It was thought provoking. Mm-hmm. If you really start to think about, like, it's true, you know, and, and again, I kind of come back to this word. It was challenging because here's this villain who has all these, you know, I mean, he's killed so many people and so many planets and yes. whatever. And like you said, suddenly you're empathizing with him. Yeah. And it creates totally this kind of moral dilemma. <laughs> In the middle of this cartoony, you know, it's also it's this moral dilemma on a show with a talking raccoon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Thor calls him rabbit. Yeah, by the way, so that good. was that was hilarious. The, all those interactions made me laugh. <laughs> Thor, I mean, yeah, I mean Thor, Thor and Captain America are probably tied for yeah. me for the best characters. And and I, and that was another thing I think that uh, maybe this is a little bit divergent from what the movies were to begin with. But mm-hmm. there's a lot more comedy, I think. A now lot in more these comedy, movies. yeah. Um, which is, a, I think, a good thing. Um, totally. Because it can take essentially super heavy topics and lighten them up a little bit. Exactly. Like, uh, I agree, because we had some really heavy moments in yeah. that movie, you know, like the Thanos moments, mm-hmm. um, which were complemented very well by, you know, you're, you're thinking, how can they transition from this into going back to Guardians, you know, yeah. and like, you know, the joke after joke. But it, it yeah. does a real, there's a really nice balance there, and yeah. it never felt awkward. It never felt clunky. Mm-hmm. You know, there were maybe a few scene transitions that didn't work, but it's a right. three-hour epic yeah. movie. I mean, I remember at the end of that movie, the last, like, 15 minutes, I was thinking to myself, if I had the option to watch the second one, another three-hour movie right now, I'd be totally fine with it. Yeah. Just start, start it right it now. now. Yeah. That's how entertained I was, yeah. which is, you know, a big compliment. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, kind of the flip side <laughs> of, of Thanos you get really irritated at Star-Lord. Oh, God. Peter Quill. Yeah. yeah. I know. People are killing him, but I think yeah. that, yeah, that kind of plays into his character. Yeah. You know, that's like, that's he's who he is. Exactly. Yeah. That's, you know, he's kind of a hothead, and that's why yeah. we love him. Chris Pratt's a man, too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, 
But it, yeah, I, I agree. But again, maybe that, you know, Dr. Strange had already done his look into the future then. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, I'm sure he saw that. He yeah. saw Peter doing that. And that plays into that one scenario out of 14 million yeah. where they're going to come out on top. Star-Lord. Is, I, that's still one of it's the still most is, funny things. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Or I love, uh, yeah, Thor, Thor's new hammer's name. What, is it Stormbreaker? Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker yeah. yeah. And then uh, Rocket's like, ah, that's a bit much. <laughs> What, what was your uh, favorite scene in the movie? Ooh, I I I'm I kind of I really liked the forging of Stormbreaker. Yeah, that, that was whole cool. scene with with Thor and Tyrion. And- yeah, Tyr- yeah, that <laughs> that part to me was really funny because I think Peter Dinklage is one of the more the hilarious man. people. He is, and to yeah, have him as actor. a giant dwarf. <laughs> Was that <laughs> was hilarious? Yeah, kind of and a stroke of genius, yeah, right? Yeah, and and he and he had, he had the one line I wish I could remember it word for word, but where he's talking to Thor and he says something about like everyone's gonna die, and he's like, "That's a lot of death" or something. He's like, "Yeah, that's what dying means." Like, <laughs> whatever. Like, just an in kind of that's like killing me. Yeah, yeah, his whatever. dry delivery. Yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, but that that to me, I think it was so. Uh, it was just so much behind that so many different things led to that and that, that sure and but to also have a little bit of comedy in there too, thrown in that yeah that was you're right that was a really cool scene and like you said uh things that led to that i think part of the my big resurgence or you know me falling back in love with the marvel cinematic universe was with uh thor ragnarok mm-hmm. which is you know still yeah. probably my favorite of all of them just because it was just my <laughs> It was priceless. It was yeah. a, the perfect, perfect blend of comedy first, to be honest, yeah. and then action just set in a really cool story in place. And uh, yeah, so, you know, Thor is, Thor. Chris Hemsworth is a man. He does a phenomenal job mm-hmm. with that character. But yeah, I think my favorite scene is um, right after that, after your scene, where he uses the Bifrost power in Stormbringer, Stormbreaker, whatever it is, yeah. and comes back to Earth, you know, just wrecks shop, saves the day. Yeah. And uh, it's just a really cool scene. My only critique is I wish that uh, the is it the Led Zeppelin song from Ragnarok. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I wish that would have came back. I on actually in that had moment. the same yeah. thought during that scene. I was like, <laughs> when it's like, dun, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, that was that's really funny because yeah. as that scene was playing out, that what, what was that was what was playing. Kind of playing, yeah, right. Because yeah. you have that in there from Ragnarok, yeah. yeah. Such a cool movie. What uh? So okay, we'll end it with predictions for the next one. Oh my goodness! Which is really tough to do yeah. because, I mean, there's like this is almost a standalone movie in itself because there's really a lot of closure in the end. Thanos yeah. goes back to his little tent and mm-hmm. you know he's just gonna hang out and be retired from yeah. then on out. It looks like yeah. Um, every, you know, it's yeah, I just mean, really the, he's uh, such a heavy emotional burden has been lifted and also placed on him. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So yeah, like he's that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for me how that plays out in the yeah, next one. I agree. I think if I remember correctly in the comics, the way they defeat him in the end, or he doesn't get defeated, he he's in love with the mistress of death or something, mm-hmm. and somehow that's his downfall. I can't remember, but I'm sure the movie's gonna gonna stray from that. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of cool now that the only Avengers that are left is the are the original team, mm-hmm. and so you know, like you said, that civil war between Captain America and Iron Man is going to, you know, they're going to have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that original team is going to have to figure out a way to, to write all this wrong. I'm sure there's no way that everybody turned to dust is, you know, is it's permanently done. dead. Yeah. yeah. I imagine they're trapped in the soul stone or something, right. but 
Um, just a really cool movie. I have no, yeah. I don't almost don't want to make predictions. I don't want to think about what's yeah. coming next too much. Cause I just want to enjoy it. You know what I'm I, surprised. what, what I, I, it kind of gets back to this whole technology thing, but what, what almost bothers me about this is knowing that there are more, you True. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I, you know, I know that they're making a guardians three and I know that they've got this lined up. Yeah, lined of course. Up. So Spider-Man two, Spider-Man three. Yeah some things within this whole universe that they're going to, this is going to get explained in that movie. And this is going to sure. get explained in that movie. I'd almost rather have to be like, I, you know, give me some closure. Shoot, this is the end. Yeah. Like, I agree. After you know, this so. next one, I'll probably like, I, like I did before branch off a little bit yeah. and not really care that much. Right. I mean, I'm not like emotionally invested in this, but I, I won't really, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'll probably skip a few movies and whatnot yeah. unless they get amazing reviews. Um, but I, I agree with you. The longevity of it does get exhausting. But yeah. again, you know, the other half of that conversation is we live in a world where these movies are happening and yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's pretty fun and pretty yeah. special when, you know, 15 years ago, we would have never saw this coming. Oh no. So it's all, you yeah. know, it's all gravy. So all right, cool. I think that's uh, a good place to end. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I hope we did okay for our first <laughs> one. <laughs> um, but I uh, enjoyed myself, and that's all that matters good. to me. So. Me too, Matthew. Yeah, <laughs> and I definitely got less nervous as yeah, I went along. Good. So, you know, it's going to be a fun road ahead. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. While it's on my mind, if you want to connect with us on the interweb, uh, head on over to Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> my handle is at TonyBeltran23, and Matthew's is... At Matt Gashk. Uh, M-A-T-T-G-A-S-C-H-K. Thank you for that clarification. It's the traditional spelling. <laughs> there you go. Um, use the hashtag NotSoccer when uh, talking to us about topics for this show. We think we'd like to actually have uh, the community vote or write in for topics for the next one. So if you have any good ideas, please let us know or just uh, communicate with us there. Uh, let me thank my co-host here, Mr. Matthew Gash. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. It's always a fun, uh, always a fun experience. Likewise, buddy. Well, everyone, thanks for listening, and I'll be right back. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth, and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 